amongst us. Can't think of anywhere I'd rather be. Love Stillwater. Who came out for the girls' night on Wednesday night? Such a good night. I loved it. And I love this dream again word that's running in my heart for the women of Silverwater. I got a text already, a woman seeing a dream that she just penned that night, already realised and starting to take shape. And I'm confident that there will be a steady stream of responses like that this year of, of dreams. As we, You know, the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where we water it. Truly, it's where we give our attention, where we give our focus. And I'm pumped about Wednesday night, every woman, because I felt God compel and challenge me this year to, to water every woman and to give my attention to it, amongst other things. And I'm, I'm, I was blessed by the response. I was blessed to see seven women receive Jesus, five of them for the first time. Five of them for the first time. Their eyes were open there and their heart understood who he was. For me, that's worth celebrating. And, you know, it was great because... Uh, as you cast the vision out, you know, people respond to the vision. We had Wayne and Tammy bringing the whole Pablo's and Rusty coffee deal, setting it up, giving to it. Laura Fazio, where are you, Laura Fazio? And how are your new eyes? She's had eye laser surgery, which is amazing, and everything looks beautiful. The colours are just popping, aren't they? Thank you. I look amazing tonight with those new eyes. That's great. <laughs> Laura Fazio, just want to fuss, fuss over you a little bit. Just phenomenal human being right there. From dawn till dusk, making everything excellent and exquisite, from screens to the atmosphere, uh, just the decor, it was phenomenal. Thank you for just being the wild human being that you are. It's awesome. Love it. So we're coming around a word of faith tonight. Oh, what a great word to meditate on and to catch tonight. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abide, faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And this is the new series which we're stepping into tonight. And we um, heard Pastor Harley this, Hartley this morning, and I heard it was phenomenal. I was at our Penrith location with our little Penrith cousins, and Pastor Hartley was here and spreading the message of faith right across the city of Sydney. It's awesome. So Hebrews 11:1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the rea their reality, faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. How powerful is the word of God? My goodness. Faith, the assurance, the title deed. Now that actual word, evidence or assurance, can literally be translated to title deed. This is what title deed is. It's a legal document. Mr. Leon Chameleon, do you confirm that lawyer in the house? <laughs> the title deed is a legal co document constituting evidence of a right, especially to ownership of property. Faith, a legal right to the things we hope for. Friends, I want to remind us tonight that we have a legal right. The Bible tells me so. I have a legal right to the things that I hope for, the things that I dream for, the things that I carry in my heart, the things that people tell me cannot happen, the things that I haven't even believed myself they're going to happen because my Bible tells me I have a legal right. Faith is my legal right, my assurance that I have those things. I can have those things that I hope for and I dream for. And I'm going to just have a little tantrum about it tonight because I'm tired of us not believing that we have that legal right. We come under this, this fog. We live in this fog, but tonight I'm ready to disperse that fog and remind you, illuminate the word of God that you have the legal right. Kathy Ashford, you have the legal right to the things that you hope for and you dream for, my girlfriend over there. Amen. Faith knows it has the right to hope and dream. Faith is 
a perspective of privilege. That's what it is when we walk in faith. It's for all of mankind, but not everybody walks in that place of privilege. Now, some people, it feels like they're born into the world. They came out of the womb and there was a silver platter waiting for them and, and a silver spoon to feed their darling little mouths. Some, maybe a very small percentage, we look at and we think, my gosh, you were born into privilege. The rest of us spend our entire lives shaking off the dust of reality and being reminded, regaining a heavenly perspective on our legal right to have the things that we hope for and we dream for. God is lifting us up out of the dust. He brings beauty from ashes. He lifts us up. He sets our feet on a rock. And he reminds us all, in fact, that from the moment we know him and we breathe salvation in and out, we are called into a place of privilege. My friends, can we sit up a little bit higher tonight, a little bit straighter in our seat tonight, because in him, oh, the things that we know and we receive in him, it's the fullness of life. We're not called to an ordinary life. We're called to live the things that we hope, to live the things that we dream, to see miracles in our life. My dear friends, I'm just going to impart pure faith tonight, a little download of that powerful thing called faith. You know, it's like peeling back the layers of the onion. God restores us. He, he restores our perspective. You know, I'm grateful for everything that God has given me. But if I can be honest and transparent with you here tonight, there are times I have been slow to take a hold of more because I've had a little bit of a fractured perspective of myself. I know it might surprise you because I get up here and I am emboldened by the Holy Spirit. But by nature, I am quite the introvert. Sometimes I feel like a contradiction within myself. But this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It emboldens you to do the work of God in the earth. Now, sometimes I have leaned back because it's been humility, but I'll admit other times I've shrunk back. I have just flat out shrunk back from what I could have taken a hold of because I didn't think I had the right, the legal documents of faith for it. I'm just going to be transparent tonight. But if ever there was a time in the earth, if ever there was a call on the people of God in the earth to not lean back, to not shrink back, oh, now is the time, my dear friends, to represent him and represent him well in the earth, to take a hold of the things that we're called to take a hold of in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I remember this kid, um, 18 years old, um, suitcase, bin, CD rack, that's all I owned. That's all I had to my name at 18 years of age. Packed into the boot of my parents' car, drove across from country South Australia, landed on the northern beaches and walked into this atmosphere, which I'll be honest, I found quite intimidating. I was a humble kid from the country. I had one outfit that I wore on weekends. It was beige cargo packs pants. They were rocking back then, by the way. If you're still wearing them, that may be a little bit of a... But back then, they, you know, 15 years ago, whatever, the, um, and this sort of um, white T-shirt with pink cap sleeves. In fact, when we were dating, I was wearing that same outfit with a little clip. That was the whole thing. That was my weekend outfit because I was not loaded. I was at college. It was a humble season. And I was this kid from the country like protected, beautiful, safe little life and I got popped into this Sydney Northern Beaches culture and I found it intimidating. I went to youth on a Friday night because I grew up in the house of God and even though I felt rejected by the atmosphere, I kept going because I had backbone because my parents were pastors and I understood that you keep showing up doesn't matter how you feel. Because God is leading his church not to a feeling-directed faith 
but a faith of commitment, a faith that walks through. It doesn't matter how you're feeling, you just show up to the house of God. And like G said, then you are planted and then you flourish and you spread your wings. That's what happens when you show up. So I walked into this atmosphere, this kid, and I found it quite intimidating. This Northern Beaches atmosphere, actually it was love that won me over. And I believe that's the greatest power because actually I think it's not a new trick in the book. I think many of us can um, relate to a moment where we walked into even even a church that's full of love and perhaps felt a little bit intimidated by the unknown. But love is the great power which turns us around, which pulls us in and plants us and establishes us. And that's what worked for me. I remember going into to youth and um, I just felt like everybody in the room was off Baywatch. Does anybody even remember that show? Um, there was a lot of slow motion running along the beach, that's what I remember, and it's like, it's, that's a show that David Hasselhoff got his big break on. God bless David Hasselhoff, I think he's still going, doing what he's doing. But it was in that atmosphere, it just felt so different to me, it felt so contrary to me. But in showing up, somehow cracking through all that stuff and getting planted. See, my future was on the other side of breaking through that stuff. I know that that was a threshold moment for me. I was just a kid, but somehow faith and maturity was getting forged in me. Even in that, that's a mild opposition. I'm sure you've got far more colourful stories you can tell. I'm just making a little safe example here tonight. But something was happening in the, in the forging through, in the pushing past feelings and establishing faith. Faith is a substance. It's got backbone. You know, the devil doesn't have to breathe on you when we fall over. No, faith is a substance, a backbone that stands up not just under a little puff of breath, but actually even refining fire, even a little bit of a storm. Faith is a substance that undergirds us, and I want to talk about that here tonight. Because we are called for a perspective privilege, and we know this because Galatians 4.7 says, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance friends we are child we are his child and we are privileged because he tells us so from the moment we graduate into the family that revelation it expands on the inside of us it's powerful and you know if you're sitting there thinking well that's great that's for that person over there that's for g the amazing man of god that's for the pastors well let me just remind you that romans 2 11 says for god does not show favoritism He does not show favouritism. So that word goes out over us all. It doesn't matter how colourful and funky your background is. Actually, the word of God disarms that. That's the power of salvation. That's the power of the cross. It disarms our history and it makes a new creation. It it, it gives birth from out of that past and into a new history with him. It refines us and reshapes us and brings us into a new uh, walk. It's beautiful. That's the power of the cross. You know, this, these promises of the word, they're for all of us. God is not hit and miss. That's not his nature. God is the same. He's consistent. He's steady when his promises go out over us. So Paul in this scripture in Hebrews 11, he's not really defining what faith is, but he's talking about what faith does. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now substance, this word, means that which stands under, that which underlies what is apparent substance in Greek is hypostasis. It literally means a standing under. Faith undergirds what we hope for. It carries it. It carries us. 
Literally, when you're out there walking on the water and you think, what have I got to lean on? No man is is, uh, eternally trustworthy. We all have our flaws. People will let you down. Finances will crumble and fall. There are no earthly props that are consistent, that faith is that thing. The substance of faith, which carries us, it undergirds us, it floats us, it keeps us buoyant, even when nothing else will. That is the eternal power of faith. It's awesome. And, you know, there is this place, a vacant place, between letting go and of our own striving and our own trust and our own grip of things and receiving what God would have, receiving by faith that thing that we have hope for. That's where faith works. Substance, hypostasis, the substance of faith fills that gap. Sometimes we don't know what it feels like because we don't give God a chance for the gap. We've got to give God a chance to fill the gap. Sometimes we're so micromanaging every little detail of our future and our plans and our every breath in and out that there's no room for hypostasis, the substance of faith, to come and fill that place. But that is where you see the greatest power of the substance of faith in the letting go, in the stretching out, in the trusting. That little place right there, that's where the substance of faith is. That's where hypostasis lives and breathes and grows in that place. He moves into those places. Waiting for my overdue babies. Have I got any mothers in the room? Uh, three babies, respectively 11, 10 and 9 days overdue. Not fair. I felt like God was having a little joke with me. Like testing. He, I'm a little bit impatient sometimes, aren't I, babe? And it's okay, so he knocked one day off with each baby. It's like, okay, ha ha, <laughs> not so funny. Testing, waiting that little place, not knowing how the baby's going to come out, what it's going to look like, when the timing's going to be, what the kids are going to be doing, if your husband is going to be in the vicinity of the house when the baby comes, waiting in that place. I know it might seem like I'm joking, but it's a crazy moment right there, waiting for that baby to come. Waiting in that space for the diagnosis of my husband when he had meningitis. Was it going to be bacterial and potentially fatal? Oh my goodness. Was it viral? out in the hallway of the the corridor of the the hospital. It's amazing how the peace of God rains down in hospital corridors. Literally, um, Cleo, a tiny baby, couldn't bring her into the hospital room because the nurses didn't want to risk contaminating her. So sitting in the hallway with this tiny baby, completely alone, but completely in him. It's amazing how he just came and rested on me and was with me I didn't even ask him specifically to come I know it was the prayers of the saints actually that reached out and found me it's like the prayers came and found me in that corridor in that hospital and then I walked out into the um, Concord Hospital courtyard and I'm sitting under a tree and we don't yet know what the diagnosis is going to be and the Lord just speaks to my heart hypostasis substance of faith coming at you it comes and meets you in the waiting place it comes and meets you in the gap and I'm, I'm there and the Lord just speaks to me. He, he says, Psalms 23, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And I just hear that bread of heaven straight to my heart. And what that told me that meningitis may be my enemy and it may be present in this moment, but the Lord is preparing a table before me, even in the midst, even in the presence of our enemies. Sometimes we just don't want God to eliminate those deals and those things 
to just remove them, but I love his nature that actually even in the presence of your enemies, I prepare a table. I've got everything covered. I'm, I'm resourcing. I'm caring for. I'm providing for your family right in that moment, even in the stretch when I didn't even know what the outcome was going to be, right where hypostasis, the substance of faith was working in that quiet place, in that very real stretch, there it comes, the word of the Lord. Oh, it sustains us. It's powerful. The sharp word of the Lord. Even Jesus himself had to choose faith. Take this cup from me, but not my will. Yours be done. That was his place. His hypostasis, substance of faith place. Oh Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Talk about the epitome of yielding. Amazing. So we've looked at what faith is. We've looked at what it does. I want to just make a couple comments on the absence of faith because we kind of drift into some funky places in the absence of taking a hold of faith. And I just want to remind us here tonight, Exodus 13, in the absence of faith, we wander. That's my first point. Exodus 13:17 to 18 says, God led them not by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer, for God said, least the people change their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. We are many times led by the way of the wilderness when we lack faith for the fight. God is kind. He didn't take them by the way of the fight because he knew they didn't have faith for it. Their eyes couldn't face it. They want to return to Egypt. Rather, they moved into the wilderness. Many times we want to change. We want to change in our outcome. But are we ready to engage in the fight that is going to outwork that change? Otherwise, we find ourselves in a wilderness, many times drifting and drifting, and we wonder why the change won't come. We blame different scenarios and circumstances. We look to our past, we look to our circumstances, we name things and we call it. But are we willing to engage and to yield and to submit to the fight which will provide the change? Are we willing to submit to that, to bring the change? You know, buying the Silverwater building, there was a time we relapsed into a little mild short-term wilderness where it was like this, um, we knew this building was ours and we were leaning in for the fight and then it just kind of lulled, didn't hurt. It's like everything went neutral and that's a dangerous place when everything goes neutral because ultimately it says there's no momentum and there's no progress and, and neutral is about as bad as not being in the game at all because there's, we're not moving forward, we're just lulled into this little... And then it just got to a point where we'd sort of had enough of that, hadn't we, hearts? We got in agreement and the word of the Lord was now is the time. And we just began to pray into it with our extended team and Pastor Phil was always on with us, wasn't he, hearts? And there was this time we'd just get up in the morning and we would just declare that word, now is the time. We were sick of the wilderness, the drifting. We were sick of not knowing the final outcome. We knew this building was ours and so we just began to declare, now is the time, now is the time. And it meant we got up at the crack of dawn and literally paced and declared the word of the Lord. It's like a hammer to our circumstances. It just, it just shifts something in the atmosphere when you pronounce the word of the Lord over, the, over your circumstances. It has to respond. It has to respond. It will submit. It will give in. It will change and it will turn. And bam, there you go. Before long, there was this ripple effect. It's like it created a ripple effect. There were all these external parties coming in to look at the building and it kind of um, unsettled the management a little bit and they quickened the decision and the follow-through on the purchase and 
Damn, we had it. <laughs> Fist pumps. It was awesome. <laughs> so firstly, in the absence of faith, we wander. Secondly, in the absence of faith, we assume our own direction. Hello. So Deuteronomy 1 verse 42 says, And the Lord said to me, Say to them, Do not go up or fight, for I am not amongst you. Verse 33, So I spoke to you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and were presumptuous, and went up into the hill country. Oh, dear friends, if there's anything that I can hearten us to do tonight, it's not to go up into a place where God is not amongst us. It's not to move out of our own zeal and our own impatience and our own frustration about a lack of change in our circumstance that we step up out of his will, move off into our own accord and take a hold of something that's not even for us to have. Oh, that's where we get burnt. Bottom line, that's where we get burnt. Oh, let's not, don't go to that place so that we have to learn a lesson and come back. Just keep in his rhythms. I'll keep keep in his rhythms. That's where the blessing flows. That's where the safety is. That's where the covering is. Let's not be presumptuous. Let's not take things into our own accord. Amen. And Joshua 6.10 says, But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or let your voice be heard, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth, Until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. There is a timing to lift up our voice. Get in his rhythm, find his sound and speak his sound over your circumstances. Oh, you know, I'm all about living your dream and and, and getting a hold of that thing that you've got in your heart. But I think higher than that, I think get in his dream. Get the very the very burden of heaven in your heart and begin to be a part of that outworked on the earth the extending of the kingdom of heaven on earth oh seriously jesus is coming back laura fazio he's coming back we've got the 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 clock is ticking let's make sure that we're in his rhythm doing what he's doing amen can i hear an amen from laura fazio (laughs) all right okay at its most mature faith graduates to trust Hebrews 4.3 says, Those who believe enter into the rest of God. This is the place of, of ultimate contentment. I love this place. It's a higher place. It's up above what I would think or feel or want to do. It's, it's, it's up here. God lives up here. And when you, when you lean into God, when you get in Him, when you get in Christ and you move away from your little earthly perspective and you get up to where He is, it doesn't matter what hell or high water you're facing, somehow it feels okay. Like even in the wild reality of burdens and cares and and passions and pursuits, somehow when you get up to where he is, it just all feels okay. You genuinely enter into rest. It's a place. It's a high place. It's up above circumstances and weights and burdens and cares. That's where he lives. That's why when you come to him and you're like, oh God, oh God, and you've got that burden coming out of your heart. Normally, within a few minutes, he just tempers it down and you just feel filled with peace and then you're up where he is. Even when you come to him all angsty like that, and I think we need to, I think we're meant to get like that with him. Something comes out of our heart. Things are birthed out of our heart when when we're barefaced and desperate before him. I think that moves him when we're authentic with him and not apathetic and just lame in our in our communion with him when it's real and alive and out of a heart that's burdened for his things on earth. That's a powerful place. Know that place. Find that place. 
you know, at some point we've got to say, God, I'm trusting you because peace is not circumstantial. It's an internal disposition. It's a place that we discover and we live out of when we know him and we breathe in, breathe out Jesus. Luke 7.50 says, But Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go enter into peace. Faith is the gateway by which we enter into peace. We always have an opportunity to enter through that gateway and into peace. There's always a moment when we get a choice. Am I going to default to my old, angsty, anxious, depressive default? Am I going to strive or am I going to walk through that gateway? It's right there. It's ever-present, that gateway of faith. Am I going to walk through it and enter into his peace? Because we can't house both spirits. Peace and anxiety can't coincide. They're contradictory. We either surrender to faith or we serve fear. What is your master? What is your master? Matthew 6.24 tells us, No one can serve two masters. Therefore, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life. And it goes on to say in verse 33, But seek, aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom. We can only have one first, one king of our castle, one king of our heart. There's only room for one. You know, on the metal blocks, the metal ceremony, it would just be odd if there were like two or three people trying to share first place. No, it's always very evident. There's one place for first. There's a second and a third. One first, one master of our heart, one master of our circumstances. You know, if we attempt to have multiple things in first place, we are divided and we are disempowered, bottom line. It's when we have one king ruling and reigning, the prince of peace ruling and reigning over our heart and our circumstances. We come under his sovereignty. We see his outworking in our life. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the band to come. What is one first place in your heart? You know, pressure tests. When the heat's turned up, what's first becomes very evident very quickly. (laughs) What surfaces faith or fear, anger or trust? You know, God is calling his church away from feeling-directed to faith-directed lives. He's calling us to a place of strength and maturity in him. This is what faith is. It's the title deed. It's a perspective of privilege. It's a substance. It carries us. In the absence of faith, we wander. We assume our own direction. Mature faith is trust. Faith is the gateway by which we enter into peace. Amen? Amen. He's set aside by the word tonight. Amen. Why don't you just close your eyes across the room here tonight? And I want to ask, what is one first place in your heart? There's only room for one first. You can't share first with anything else. God is a jealous God. And he wants you all to himself. So I want to ask you tonight, what has won first place in your heart? Salvation is about receiving him, him being in your heart, walking in rhythm with him, being in relationship with him, knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour, having him as first, putting him at the centre 
You know, sometimes things get a bit funky and we try and share first and we find ourselves divided and disempowered and maybe you know that place. But in a moment, in a breath, you can get back on the same page as him. You can be back in a sweet rhythm with him and you'll find that your heart knows a peace. When we're divided, we're angsty and we're not at peace. We get caught up in different things. Our, our behaviour gets a handle on us and, and pulls us to the left and the right. But tonight I want to give you an opportunity to walk into and through that gateway into peace, to enter into a soul rest that nothing the world does or says can ever provide. It comes from being in Him, resting in Him, secure in Him, knowing that He is first in your heart. So I want to ask in this place tonight, with every head bowed and eye closed, do you need to connect him and position him as first of your heart? Only you know where he sits in your life or stands in your life. And sometimes we drift and we need to get back, realigned, reconnected to him again. Or maybe you've never prayed a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my first. Be my first. I need you to be first. Or maybe you're not sure. There's lots of different theories running around in your head. You've opened your ears to lots of different things. Well, tonight I'm, I'm speaking the word of God, the truth. And I want to invite you into all truth to engage with this person, Jesus Christ. So right where you're sitting tonight, if you need to receive Jesus as your Lord, to position him as your first, maybe you've drifted, maybe you've never done it before, or maybe you're just not sure and you need to get back on the same page. Right where you're sitting tonight, I want to ask you to boldly slip up your hand so I can see you. Raise it right where you're seated tonight and I'll see you and I'll pray with you and I'll walk you into that place. In a moment, you'll know peace that you will not know right now. You know it when you connect to him. You know it when you make him first. And then things, wild things around you that seem untamable will settle in response to that union, to making him first. Everything changes when you take a hold of him. So right where you're sitting tonight, just lift your hand up nice and high and I'll see you and I'll pray with you right here tonight. Jesus, I need you. I need that peace. I can't work it all out on my own. I need your help. So right where you're sitting, be bold. Lift up your hand nice and high and I'll see you. All he wants is for you to know peace. He came to bring peace for all of mankind. But he did not set it up that he could manipulate us. He gave us a choice. So if you're making that choice tonight, slip up your hand and I'll see you. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Who else is there here tonight? There are others that need him tonight. very patient. He'll wait for you. Don't let 
let the mental gymnastics get the better of you. If you need him, put up your hand. Don't be afraid. I see your hand. Who else is there tonight? we're going to pray and if you still need to come forward it's not too late get up out of your seat I'm going to invite my friends to come if you'd be so brave I'm going to meet you right down here we're going to pray together could you church stand with me and welcome our friends as we come right now we're just going to stand on this altar together we're going to pray together tonight come on let's welcome these guys as they come they're brave Awesome. Why don't you just come right forward for me, guys? Come forward. And if there's anyone else still to come, get up out of your seat and come down here. Right, Come on down here right now. You guys are awesome. Let's come into the middle. You've got to the front. Can we make it to the middle? Come on, let's, let's applaud these guys. They're brave. They're brave. Awesome. We're going to pray a prayer right now. Would you like to pray too, Danny? You're going to stand with your friend. Awesome. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Wash me clean. Help me to follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, I give you my life. Amen. I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you that this man is secure in his faith. I thank you that he has a heart that responds to your call. I thank you for that heart, Lord. I endorse that heart, Lord. I thank you that it will not change. It will only grow more secure, more grounded in you, Lord. I thank you that you take him from strength to strength. You're raising up the man of God. You're raising up the man of God in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for my friend. I thank you, Lord, that you fill her with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, you're never far from her. You never leave her. You never forsake her. I thank you, you're ever-present. You're ever-present, God. In the high times and the low times, you see her, God. You cover her, Lord, and you're leading her. I thank you, Lord. There's no question too great for you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're the great revealer, and you reveal the answers and you make a way. Even where it seems that there's no way, you're making a way in her life. In Jesus' mighty name, fill her with your peace. In Jesus' name, I thank you for Danny, Lord. Fill him afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill him overflowing, Lord. Man of God, leader in the house of God, called to lead in the house of God, called to lead in the marketplace, Lord. I thank you, Lord. He plants in this house. He will not be moved. He will not be shifted to the left or the right. And you lift him up. You train him. You elevate him, God. You equip him and you enable him, Lord, by your spirit. Fill him right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. So proud of you. We're just going to give you a Bible. Little Brooke's going to look after you. Just take a few moments with you, okay? You're awesome. So proud. Come on, let's give these guys the love. Church, why don't you just lift your hands up? I want to pray a fresh impartation of faith, the substance of faith. Lord, I just thank you that you see each one, Lord. I thank you that you're a generous God and you pour out good things on
on your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Lord, for an increase of the substance of faith on, and the hearts on the inside. On the men and women of Silverwater, Lord, I thank you, God, they will not be moved. I thank you, Lord, they will not be swayed by their feelings, Lord. They'll be directed by a faith and a commitment and a fire that comes from you. I thank you, Lord, you're bringing the church from strength to strength. I thank you, Lord, we're moving, we're advancing across this city, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, the families of Silverwater, they know a blessing that comes back on them. As we advance, Lord, I thank you it's not just corporate, Lord, it's for the individual household, a new blessing, a new measure of your goodness coming on the household. And, Lord, I thank you for those hopes and dreams, the ones that we have a legal right for, God, the ones that we have a substance of faith for, God, into those areas, Lord. I speak a release of your faith, Lord, a release of your faith into the hearts and the minds, the convictions of the people of Silverwater. I just want you to lift up your hands if there's a specific area in which you need a specific breakthrough, which you need to have a hope for that only God can really provide. If you just lift your hands nice and high, you need a miracle, you need a change in your circumstances, you need the substance of faith to work on your behalf. Lord, I thank you are a mighty God and a loving God. And I thank you, Lord, that your goodness is poured out for the people of Silverwater. Lord, I thank you that our eyes are going to see and our ears are going to perceive what you say we should have. I thank you, Lord, we're going to realize we have a call to a privileged perspective. I thank you, God, we're going to stand up tall, we're going to see and we're going to hear like we've never seen and heard before. I thank you, Lord, the men and the women of Silverwater are connecting to your spirit. They're hearing what you're saying. They're inclining their ear to you, God. And I break anything, Lord, that would hinder the voice of the Spirit coming and speaking to the men and the women of God in Silverwater, that they would hear you, that they would know your voice, the still small voice that leads us into blessing, that leads us into places of freedom. I thank you, Lord, we're hearing you like we've never heard before. We're seeing the things of heaven outworked in our life like we've never seen before. Strength to strength permeated with peace, Lord. Every household knowing your peace. Peace overflowing, Lord, in minds and hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we bless you. We lift you high. We look to you and we magnify you here tonight over every family, everyone gathered in this place. Oh, we bless you with all that we are, Lord. We lift our voices to you tonight. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you with all that we are. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. 